Former President Donald Trump has been indicted three times, the most recent being for January 6 riots on the Capitol Hill. As the number of indictments are increasing, so are his poll numbers. Ron DeSantis, who was once projected to give Trump a tight competition, is way behind in polls to clinch the Republican nomination for election 2024. As we approach the Republican debate, I sat down with David Jackson, journalist from USA Today, who has been covering Trump administration, the White House, and Ron DeSantis' campaign to discuss the top two contenders in the Republican race. I am Ankur Sharma, and you are listening to The News Park. Gotcha. So first of all, uh, welcome, uh, Mr. Jackson, sure. to our show, and thank you so much for taking time out. I know okay. you have a very busy schedule, uh, but you know our listeners, our viewers, would be very excited to hear your perspective on the ongoing political, uh, right. you know, issues that are going in the states. Right. So, uh, Mr. Jackson, you have a, a huge number of you know years of experience in journalism. You've followed Trump administration. You've you've uh, looked at White House, how they function and stuff. So, uh, you know, my first question to you would be, how would you compare the Trump administration to the Joe Biden administration that is currently where we have? Oh, there's really no comparison. Um, Trump is a, a very seat of the pants, impulsive kind of guy who tries to do what he wants and uh, sometimes doesn't think the rules really apply to him. He's uh, very outspoken and very aggressive. Uh the Biden administration is much more controlled. Uh, Biden is much more low key. He relies on his his advisors more to both uh, both for advice and to to deal with the public. So you don't see as much. Can you hear me? Uh, sorry, I, I think the sorry. connection dro got dropped. I'm so sorry about yeah. that. Sorry. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, can we do that again? I'm so sorry. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, you just want me, the differences between the two. I can just go ahead. Okay. I mean, there's just an, there's just an infinite number of differences between the Donald Trump administration and the Joe Biden administration. But I think it goes back to the fact that Trump is so much more outspoken, uh, willing to say anything, and in some cases willing to do anything. He often thinks the rules don't apply to him, and he acts accordingly. Uh, the Biden administration is more buttoned down. Uh, the president is quieter, more low key. He relies on his advisors more, mm -hmm. uh, both to implement policy and to talk about it with the public. So we see less of Joe Biden than we do of Donald Trump. And, and that's by design. Got it. So obviously, Trump was indicted with the third right. charge. Right. So two questions on that. Number one, how does it affect uh, the Trump campaign, Trump as uh, a candidate, and how does it affect if he select he is the nominee for the from the Republican side? How would it affect the general election? Uh, well, the first one it's it's going to affect him in terms of logistics because he's going to be facing not only faces the possibility of three and perhaps four criminal trials, but he also has to deal with all the pretrial activity. There are going to be hearings to discuss what kind of evidence might be presented, what kind of challenges Trump may have to the indictments that are involved. So that's, it's going to be very time consuming. He's going to, have to spend a lot of time with his lawyers. 
Another thing that's unusual is that uh, whatever he says on the campaign trail can be used against him in a court of law. So mm -hmm. he's going to be have to be a little more careful with what he says in public about some of these cases. As far as what kind of impact it's going to have on the campaign, no one really knows. Um, if anything, he's the first he benefited from the first two indictments because his poll numbers went up. He's in a commanding position to win the Republican presidential nomination. Mm -hmm. But there's more um, there's more concern among independent voters who really decide the general election. So he it's it's probably making him more of a favorite in the Republican primary, but less of a favorite in the general election as President Biden. Right. That was my next question, actually, that I, I think NPR poll came out the other day and then 52% of independents then think that he has done something illegal. Right. But, you know, the uh, hardcore Trump fans, they seem to be on board about it. Uh, right. Like, do you think it's the, you know, US and GOP is headed in the right direction with that polls and stats coming out? Well, they're heading in a different direction, that's for sure. But no, they, they, you're right. A, a significant number of voters, particularly his voters, just don't they don't care whether he broke the law or not because they feel like the law is wrong or it's mm -hmm. the, the Biden people are just out to get their guys. So it's uh, it is pretty extraordinary. But I'm still not sure how big a number that's going to be when push comes to shove and people actually vote. I mean, the, the rule of thumb is that Trump has a pretty hardcore support of 20 to 25 percent. But beyond that, um, I think it's all up for grabs. Right. So whenever an indictment comes, his poll number jumps. Is this the right, you know, reflection? Among Republicans. Among Republicans. Yeah, among Republicans, Republicans yeah. correct. Right. Is this the right ref reflection for the Republican Party? Well, not if they want to win general elections. I mean, we had we had uh, a series of uh, congressional elections last year, and a lot of Trump candidates suffered, and I think it's because some of, of some of this stuff. So um, it's not for me to say whether it's a right direction or a wrong direction, but I think it's a direction that's going to make it harder for the party to win general elections with independent, neutral voters. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Jackson, you were, I think, with the Ron DeSantis' campaign for the past few days. Right. Uh, when he entered the race, he was. Uh, it was said that, you know, it, it's going to be a very tight race between President Trump and Ron DeSantis. But as the time passed, his poll number dipped. Right. Uh, what do you think went wrong? Well, I think the Trump indictments really hurt him because it, it was less of a case where DeSantis dipped than the fact that Trump expanded his lead and seemed to pick up support after the first two indictments. There was kind of a rally round effect Trump with Republican voters, and it, it came at DeSantis's expense. Now, in more recent weeks, we have seen his numbers go down. In fact, he's now below below 20 percent now. Mm -hmm. He was pretty consistent in the low 20s for weeks and weeks, but now he's like closer to 17 and 18 percent, depending on which poll you look at. So he is starting to lose votes. And I think a lot of this has to do with Trump's surge. But there's also been a lot of criticism of DeSantis's campaign style. He's not very personable. He's not particularly entertaining, certainly not as entertaining as Trump. And he's also had a reluctance to go after Trump on this legal stuff. And I think another problem, it's quite interesting. Another thing that I think is hurting him is that his policies are not that much different than Trump's. If anything, his appeal is I'm, I'm Donald Trump without the controversy. But that doesn't seem to be working very well because a lot of voters say, hey, if I, you know, if I want Trump policies, I might as well go with Trump. So he's got a lot of problems with his own campaign, starting with the fact that the so many voters are rallying around the former president. Mm -hmm. And uh, lately, Mr. DeSantis' campaign has been facing some issues, be it the budgetary issue where it's been said that he has already spent 40% of his budget in the first six weeks, and then he has right. laid off some around 38 employees from his campaign. Uh, right. Do you think that his campaign is internally struggling uh, to keep up? Yeah, I, I, I think that's definitely the case. Um, and I think all of what you said reflects the fact that some don't, some of his donors are getting very nervous and some of them are even defecting to other candidates. 
So I think that uh, his lack of cash flow contributed to the layoffs that we've seen and some of the cutbacks. So, yeah, that's a that's a very bad sign for any candidate. One of DeSantis' strengths was that he had the money to compete with Trump. And I think he still does have the money when all is said and done. But he has less of it than he thought he would have at this point, And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And he recently presented his economic uh, economy right. policy, right? Uh, and he's right. in some way projecting Florida as a moral state. Uh, right. But inflation in Florida is one of the highest in the yeah. uh, country, right? So do right. you think that he needs to pivot a bit? Because uh, from the poll numbers, from from what we are hearing from different you know platforms, it's not uh, connecting with the general public. Um, no, it's not. And uh, he may need to change tactics, but I don't think he will. I mean, his calling card is in Florida. He, you know, he won re-election last year, even though a lot of other Republicans across the country were struggling. He won a re-election by nearly twenty points in a state that has been neutral over the years. So it's uh, it was an extraordinary achievement. And he thinks he can replicate that nationally. So I, I don't see him changing that. Um, I just don't think people are really paying attention to that kind of stuff. I think it's more about Trump at this point than it is DeSantis. Um, but he is, he is trying to draw a distinction, but based on his record in Florida. But as you say, so far, people just aren't picking up on it. Mm-hmm. And what is he running on? Uh, by that, I mean, Trump is running on uprooting the system. Biden right. is busy promoting Bidenomics. Uh, there's no concrete or one agenda that is coming from the DeSantis' campaign. Like, is he still finding his way around? Well, I think he does have a theme. It just hasn't worked yet. It's basically he's he's a Trump who can get things done. He often talks about some of the some of the things that went wrong during the Trump administration that he says he can fix. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about the uh, Trump wasn't able to build too much of the border wall. Um, he. Uh, he, some of his economic policies fell flat. Trump didn't really didn't follow through with some of his uh, his pr- protectionist trade policies that he recommended and things of this nature. So he's trying to draw distinctions on policy with Trump, but uh, uh, so far he's having trouble getting people to listen. Right. And uh, coming back to Trump, uh, in 2016 campaign, and uh, you've observed him during the White House, the Trump administration, do you see any difference between that and the 2024 Trump campaign? Like all the policies and the style is almost the same and it's going to be the same movie all over again. Um, well, he's more intense about a lot of the policy. I mean, he's he's always talked about the deep state and going after the swamp and so place. But now he has specific policies that involve really chopping away large sections of the federal government. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that because Congress or the courts will stop him. But he's much more he's much angrier, I think, this time around because of some of the allegations against him. And he seems much more vengeful against his political opponents, and uh, that's going to manifest itself on the campaign trail as well. I also need to point out, you know, he uh, he largely self-funded his campaign in 2016. This time around, he's got he's got big money from a lot of donors, and uh, although some of that's going to legal fees, he still has much more money than he did in 2016, and he has a better and bigger organization than he did in 2016. So there are some differences this time around, and of course, the fact that he's a former president is also it's uh, it's been an asset for him so far in this mm-hmm. campaign. Right. Um- in the upcoming uh, primary for the Republican Party, what do you think would be the main issue among the candidates? Is it going to be just one issue or everyone's going to focus on uh, Trump indictments and try to, you know, uh, decrease his poll numbers? What do you think would be the strategy? I think I think the issue is just going to be Trump. I know that DeSantis and a lot of the other candidates are very upset when we when we talk about this kind of thing. And they would prefer to talk about their issues, of course. But I don't see any way around it. I mean, we've got a a former president, a former president who's been indicted at least three times and perhaps is going to be indicted for a fourth time. He's going to be put on trial 
mm. during the campaign or he's, he's expected to be put on trial during the campaign. That's all unprecedented. So it's hard for me to escape the idea that Trump is the issue and uh, his opponents are just going to have to figure out a way to deal with that and try to either peel away uh, some of Trump's support or build an intense amount of support from the anti-Trumpers who are in the party. Mm -hmm. So Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis are the two mo most talked about candidates for the Republican Party. But what about Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley? There are other candidates as well, but I don't think they are, you know, reaching that level where they can, you know, be at a national stage. Do you think any one of them can turn out to be uh, one of the uh, front runners in the uh, primary? Only if DeSantis collapses. I mean, their, their game right now is to try to be where DeSantis is now is the main alternative to Trump. But as you say, they're uh, they're all struggling for different reasons. I mean, Mike Pence is in a unique position because he uh, he is opposed by he is opposed intensely by Trump supporters because they feel like he let them down during the electoral college vote uh, in 2021. I mean, Trump wanted Pence to spike some of Biden's electoral votes. Pence refused because he didn't have the legal authority to do so. And yet Trump and a lot of his allies still hold that against Pence. Meanwhile, uh, Pence really doesn't have the trust of the anti-Trumpers because they feel like he was he displayed too much fealty to Trump when he was vice president. So Pence is getting it from both sides, and it's going to be very hard for him to uh, steer through the middle and get much support. I think the rest of the candidates are basically canceling each other out. I mean, we see polls where Tim Scott uh, right. emerges and does well, but then another poll comes out and Vivek Ramaswamy is shown to be getting some support. Uh, and Nikki Haley has also done better than expected in some polls. So I think they're all canceling each other out right now. And it's going to be very hard for any one of them to get an individual voice. Mm -hmm. And you touched upon one topic where you said that DeSantis is kind of holding him back in attacking Trump in his campaign. On the other side, Trump has been constantly attacking each of the candidates and calling them right. you know, names and stuff like he usually does. Right. So why do you think that is? Is there a weepy position probably on DeSantis's mind that, you know, if I'm not able to get the nominee, probably he'll consider me for VP. I know it's a long shot, but what do you think about that? Well, I think they're just afraid of Trump voters. I mean, uh, people who go after Trump tend to hear about it from Trump and his supporters. And there's a feeling that, you know, the challengers can't win the nomination without a significant chunk of, of Trump voters. That's the only thing I can figure, but there are a few candidates who are really going after Trump. Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey, mm -hmm. has made it the basis of his campaign. And he says, and I kind of agree with him, the only way to get this nomination is to go through Donald Trump. So at some point, all of these candidates are going to have to really go after Trump and challenge him on some of these issues that we've talked about. There's, I don't think there's any getting around it. Mm -hmm. But no litigation so far? No, huh? no vice president position or some news about that. Well, there's always talk. Some of the, I mean, Trump has joked about picking one of his challenges as vice president. That's certainly a possibility. But um, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe some of these guys are running for vice president, but we'll just have to see. But the fact is, if they want to be the nominee, they're going to have to confront Trump at some point. Right. The upcoming Republican debate. What are your expectations from that? Yeah. I. I'm of the mind where Trump has repeatedly threatened not to participate, and I suspect he's going to go through with it because his argument is, I have such a big lead, why would I give these opponents an opportunity to uh, to uh, to go after me? And I think he's going to stick with that, at least for the next three weeks. So I've, if I had to bet, I would say he would skip the first debate and let these other guys get on the stage and talk about him and, and see if it, if it makes any difference in his campaign. Mm -hmm. if, if that decision hurts him, I think you, you can expect him to maybe show up at the second debate, which is supposed to be in California in September. But as for right now, I think this first debate is just going to be Trump's challengers arguing about him. 
can that help Ron DeSantis in a way where he can probably show that he's better than the other candidates? Well, DeSantis and all the other challenges, that'll be the game at that point, is that DeSantis is looking forward to the debate as an attempt to consolidate his position as the as the top challenger, and all the other candidates will be looking to displace DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the other side, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. How do you think this, this team will work this time? Well, I th- I think that's your ticket, regardless of what happens, unless there's uh, some kind of, you know, a medical situation that arises and one of them can't run. Um, I think some Democrats are pretty nervous about Biden's position, mainly because of his age. I mean, he's he's 80 years old. I guess he turns 81 in November and uh, he's had a few stumbles, rhetorical stumbles and physical stumbles. And so there's a little nervousness among the Democrats about whether a man that old can actually run another national campaign. But I think they're stuck right now. If uh, he's got the nomination pretty much locked up, if for some reason the Democrats try to change horses, if you were, I think that would really damage the eventual nominee. And I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, no one's talking about Kamala Harris. We haven't seen yeah. her for the past two and a half years. We, ha- uh, I mean, everyone had more, you know, a lot of expectations from her being the first women vice president from a- Asian descent, from uh, black descent, like, but she didn't probably, you know, uh, impressed as many voters. Uh, well, yeah, you know, it's, she's got her critics in the party too. But here again, I don't see anybody displacing her, especially, you know, the, the first uh, woman of color to be vice president. I just, there's just no way she's going to get dumped from the ticket. We, and we have seen her more in recent days. She's become kind of the attack dog against Sanders mostly. And that's a traditional role for vice presidents. They're the ones that go after and really slash at the opposition. And you're starting to see that more from Harris. And I think you'll see more of it in the months ahead. Mm-hmm. We discussed about Joe Biden's age. Uh, Trump is not that, uh, you know, younger no. compared to Biden. But no one's talking about that. Everyone's well, he looks more vigorous to... than Trump. There have been a few people talking about it because there have been some bad pictures of Trump. Uh, but he's just more vigorous. He seems to be more vigorous than Biden. He's always on the golf course and. He just seems to have more energy in his public appearances than Biden. But you're right. He is old. And, and that's another thing. I just there's a lot of people around who will tell you that there's probably going to be some age related incident uh, mm-hmm. in this campaign over the next 16 months. And it could just as easily happen to Trump as to Biden. Mm-hmm. Last few uh, presidential uh, elections, 2016 and 2020, have been like a turmoil in the U.S. Uh, there have been big issues, big controversies around that. Do you see something like that happening in 2020, even though there are the other uh, candidates most likely would remain the same as 2020? Well, yeah, it's going to be a very tense election. There's going to be a lot of passions on both sides. And I know security officials are very worried about it. I mean, we could see something violent, but we could also, it could also just be a bunch of people yelling at each other. It just, there's just no way to tell except for the fact it's going to be very tense, especially with the fact that one of the candidates, like I say, could be facing three or four criminal trials. I mean, that's it's unprecedented. There's no way to know how it's going to spill out. Mm-hmm. If uh, Trump is formally charged and he hypothetically goes to jail and you know criminally charged, and he's still running for the president because there's nothing stopping him from running from president as far as the reports are and the legal arguments are concerned. What do you think this, how does the, do you think it reflects on the US politics on the world stage? That a person all, I don't, who's I don't criminally think... charged is running for the president. I don't think he's going to prison anytime soon, first of all. Even if he's convicted on one of these trials, he will appeal, and the case is liable to go all the way to our Supreme Court. That's a long process. So we're, we're talking about years before any of these cases are, are fully adjudicated. Um, 
as far as as far as the impact on politics, we'll just have to see. Uh, it, there's no way to tell how voters are going to react to all this. If Trump is somehow elected president in 2024, he's going to try to make all these cases go away, uh, even to the point of pardoning himself. There are also some state cases. Uh, we don't know whether he would have the authority to pardon himself or not, but it'd be very difficult to try a sitting president, even if you're a state prosecutor. Mm-hmm. So um, if he's elected, th- these cases will probably go away. If he's defeated or and, and can't make it back to the White House, then um, all these trials will, will will proceed apace, and we'll see if he's convicted. And if he is, we'll see what happens on appeal. But uh, it's it's possible he could wind up in prison because some of these charges are pretty serious, but uh, there's a long way to go yet. All right. Uh, okay, those are all my questions. Thank you, Thank yeah. you so much. You uh, Thank you. It was good. I appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you so much. All Thanks. Right. Bye. Bye-bye.